Is that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Hello, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? I want to begin with a question today, and the question is, is salvation really that simple? I mean, is it really that simple? You know, I recently I picked up a little track that, um, you know, it's a very simplistic little track. You've probably seen these things around different places, different churches put them out. And it asks questions like, realize that, it says, you know, realize that God loves you. Um, and it's just, you know, basically even, I've seen some of them on the back, they got a little place where you can, you know, say a little prayer and then take and, and sign your name right here on the back like this and then, and then send it in. And uh, supposedly that, that's, um, that's it. I mean, you're saved from that, from that point forward. But my question is, is salvation really that simple? I mean, if it was really that simple, then let's get everybody to sign these tracks, you know, the moment they first learn how to write, let's just get them, okay, sign your name right here and presto, change o, you're saved and that's it. Is salvation really that simple? You know, maybe you've gone to a camp revival meeting or something like that where, you know, you're in this environment of, and the preacher says, okay, all heads bowed, all eyes closed. Now, now if you accept Jesus into your heart, raise your hand and, and you know, and, or maybe you, on television, some, some preacher gets on there and says, put your hand on the TV screen and say this prayer and you'll be saved and all that. My question is, is salvation really that simple? Now, according to the preaching, I'd have to say that, you know, evidently a lot of people think that it really is that simple. You know, I've heard statements like, well, what must you do to be saved? Nothing. Uh, Jesus did it all for you. Grace plus nothing. Is salvation really that simple? Is that what your Bible says? Is that really in the Bible that salvation is just that simple? Now, uh, there's a motive here. There's a hidden agenda. Very seldom we are truly honest with ourselves. In other words, why do you want to believe that salvation is that simple? Because you do, don't you? You want to believe that it's really that simple, don't you? You know, mainstream Christianity, a lot of the preachers, they, they give us a message that we want to hear. In other words, in a way, we want to be lied to. We want to hear that salvation is the easiest thing that you will ever do in your entire life. It's easier than getting a job. It's easier than finding the right person. It's easier than getting married. It's easier than getting an education. It's easier than going to college. It's easier than running your own business. Salvation, we want to believe this. We want to believe that it's the easiest thing in the world to do. I'm asking, is that true? Is that really in your Bible? You know, Often people will tell us what we want to hear. And I think preachers are very guilty of that, telling their congregation what they want to hear. Because sometimes, you know, there's a benefit there, you know, a thing called money, income coming in. And if I tell my congregation, if I upset them, 
If I anger them, then they're liable to leave and, and there goes my support. The question is, you know, I want to ask is, are you getting all you deserve out of your religion? Let me tell you why you may not be getting all you deserve out of your religion. It's because you've been lied to. You've been lied to one too many times. And, and chances are, you know, you think about it, probably you've been lied to all your entire life. You've been lied to. And one of the lies that you've been told all of your life is salvation is easy. And you want it to believe it. You want it to believe that lie. You cherish that lie. You want it to believe that it was so easy. It is so simple. So simple. Now let's take a look at what Jesus said. Because it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter what the preacher's telling you. It doesn't matter what you think you believe. It doesn't matter what your opinion, your concepts are. It really doesn't matter. What only matters is what your Bible says. And we're going to look at what your Bible really says about salvation. What Jesus himself said about salvation. Let's take a look at it. Matthew 7 and verse 13. He says, Go in through the narrow gate, because the gate to hell is wide and the road that leads to it is easy. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The road to hell is easy. You know, I, not only have I been lied to, I've been deceived. Jesus says, that, he says, no, wait a minute. It's not that salvation is easy. It's the road to hell that's easy. You've been lied to. But you have no one to blame but yourself because you wanted to believe, you wanted to believe that salvation was the easiest thing you would ever do in your entire life, didn't you? You wanted to believe that. Mm -mm -mm. Well, let's continue on. Notice what he says. This is a road that leads to hell is easy and there are many who travel it. Uh-oh. But the gate to life is narrow and the way that leads to it is hard and there are few who find it. Oh boy, you know, I almost hate to do that. Well, no, actually I enjoy it. But, um, you know, here again, what you've been taught all of your life, not in the Bible. Is that really in the Bible? That's the name of this program. And I'm sort of here to, to just make you aware that much of what you think is in the Bible is not in there. It's just not in there. You've just been lied to. You've been lied to. I think this scripture here in uh, Matthew 7, 7 and verse 13, it goes on to say, be on guard against false prophets. False preachers will tell you salvation is easy. It's easy street, okay? I mean, looking for easy street. Easy salvation. Jesus says just the opposite. Now, I want to take a little bit of a different approach because uh, we could argue until the cows come home about who's saved and who's not. But I want to look at the Bible. In the Bible is a list of people that is clearly defined. It's two places that I, we're, we're going to turn to. But there's a list of people who the Bible says they're not going to be in the kingdom of God. Okay? It just clearly lists the sin and then it says... These are not going to be in the kingdom of God. In other words, they're not saved. So what I want to do is take a look at people who are not saved and just go through this list and explain each one about the particular sin that is involved here. 
And uh, now, 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 wait a minute. I didn't say they can't act religious. I didn't say they can't go to church. I didn't say they can sing in the, that, 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 you know, they can't sing in the choir or praise God and lift their hands up, wave their hands all over the place and say, I love Jesus. No, I'm just saying they're not saved. In the Bible is a list of a group of people, particular things they're doing, and it says, okay, these people are not going to be in the kingdom of God. So let's go through this list. It starts in Galatians 5 and verse 19, and you can follow along in your Bible. It's a whole nasty list of ugly sins there. The first one is adultery. Uh-oh, adultery. Hmm. You know, that's the hallmark sin of, our, of America. You know that, don't you? The hallmark sin of America is adultery. Now, again, now, now, okay, wait a minute. What are we talking about? Okay, here's a definition. Basically, it means voluntary sexual relationship between a married person and someone other than his or her spouse. That's what adultery is. Okay, now, now listen, I didn't say that these people can't go to church. I didn't say they might sit right beside you, wave their hands, sing in the choir, you know, preach or pray or whatever. You know, I don't know what they're doing. I'm just saying these people are not going to be in the kingdom of God. Okay, the second one. List is fornication. Fornication. Now, what is fornication? Fornication is intercourse between two consenting adults who are not married to each other. That's what it is. It's, 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 it's um, intercourse, sexual intercourse between two consenting adults who are not married to each other. Now, again, I didn't say that these people can't be religious. I didn't say they can't be in church, praising God, holding hands up, singing. All they may be, they may lead a youth group. I don't know. I'm just saying they're not saved. That's what your Bible says. People that are committing fornication are not saved. You know, I mean, let's face reality. Genital bonding means nothing to God. The fact that two people are in love with each other's genitals means nothing. Uh, what means something to God is a lifetime commitment of marriage. That means something to God, a commitment of marriage together. And I, I, I think so many people are sitting on the fence in this area. There was a song by, oh, I can't think of his name, but, but <clears throat> uh, he used to sing for the raspberries, um, Eric Carmen. Yeah, he said, he had a song that said, when I was young, I never needed anyone, and making love was just for fun. You know, I'm starting to find there's a lot of people, a lot of old people in the world, about 50 years old, who, are, who still believe that making love is just for fun. My question is, when are you going to grow up? When are you going to grow up and look at a real commitment with a woman that you can call your wife and you can stay together forever until death separates the two of you? When are you going to grow up? You need to grow up. Okay, next list is uncleanness. And this basically is dirty or insanitary, guilty of committing sexual sins, unclean, natural, unclean, unclean, unnatural sex acts. You know, there's a lot of sexual behavior that degrades one another. I think, you know, anal sex would fit into that category. It's degrading. It degrades the partner. 
Did you know I read a statistic just recently that one-third of college students believe that oral sex was abstinent behavior? Yeah, that's what they believe, that it's abstinent behavior. So there's a lot of things that, that uh, sexual behavior that would be classified as unclean behavior. Now, again, I didn't say these people can't go to church. They can go to church. I'm just saying they're not saved, okay? Lasciviousness is the next word. Some of these words we don't, we're not very familiar with, but I'll explain the ones that we're not uh, familiar with. So lasciviousness means showing a desire for or unseemly interest in sex. Uh, uh, irregular indulgence of animal desires. Uh, I think the porn addict would fit into this category of of an unseemly interest in sex. In other words, a compulsive interest in sex. The porn addict would definitely fit that category. And I heard a statistic that 50% of Christian men admit they are addicted to pornography. You know, that's bad, that's bad. And uh, unless there is a change there, you can't claim that you're, you know, you, you gotta, in other words, God is about conversion. He's about changing the man in the mirror. That's what God is about. Okay. Idolatry is the next word. Uh, extreme admiration or fanatical devotion to someone or somebody. You know, only in America are we guilty of, well, not only in America, but we're much great, greater uh, guilty of idolatry. We have a show called American Idol for pity's sakes. We have Hollywood stars, we have rock stars, we have singers, we have, idolatry equals an obsession for somebody or something. Now again, these people that obsess on these things, again, they can be religious, they can be in church. I'm just saying they're not gonna be in the kingdom of God because that's what your Bible says. Uh, the sixth one is witchcraft. Oh boy, witchcraft, we don't have any witchcraft around here, do we? Well, it means sorcery or divination. It means uh, seeking knowledge by, by supernatural means. Uh, the method or practice of attempting to foretell the future. Witchcraft. Uh, psychic. Palm reader. Probably got one of those in your church, don't you? you know? that's, my, that's my occupation, you know. I'm a palm reader. Well, I'm just saying, they're not going to be in the first resurrection. They're not going to be in the kingdom of God, is what I'm saying. Hatred, no need to explain that one, is the seventh one. Eighth one is variance. variance. A variance person is always in a state of disagreement. You know, you say this car is black, they'll, they'll argue with you and say, no, it's gray. It's a gray car, it's not black. Uh, with everything they encounter, they are at variance. Uh, quarrelsome, uh, contention, debate, strife. They destroy the workplace, they destroy morale. They're impossible to live with. Variants, always in a state of disagreement. I'm saying they can be religious, but they're not saved is what I'm saying. People that practice this kind of behavior. Emulation is the next word. That means rivalry by imitation, the attempt to equal or sup suppress, surpass somebody. You know, it's, it's um, I want to be like that person, but I want to be greater than that person, you know. They smile in your face all the time. They want to take your place. The backstabbers, you know. And that was Lucifer's uh, scheme. He wanted to be like God, but he wanted, he wanted to be greater than God. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Emulation. That was a, wrath. 
is the next one. Violent anger, fierceness, or indignation. Don't really need to explain that one, anger or whatever. Wrath, I mean. The love of one is sedition. Uh, this is people that cause a lot of division, people that separate into parties or groups. You know, they, you got a lot of those in the church, by the way. Let's get rid of the minister. He stepped on my toes. You know, I, I don't like him anymore. Let's get rid of him. Uh, sedition. You know, a lot of sedition in the area of religion. You know, in our church, I don't get paid. So, you know, I can pretty much say whatever I want to say. In our church, we don't get rid of the minister. We get rid of the people causing the sedition. Yeah, think about that one. Next one is envying or wanting uh, what somebody else has. Wanting what someone else has. The resentful or unhappy feelings of wanting somebody else's success, goods, fortunes, qualities, possession. Envying. Envious. They're not going to be, these people, even though they might be religious, even though they might be sitting right beside you in church, they're not going to be in the first resurrection. They're not, they're not going to be in the kingdom of God. Murder, don't need to explain that one. Drunkenness, don't really need to explain that one. Um, now, so we've gone through this one list. Now, there's another list in 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 9. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 9. And it lists a, a, a name that is sort of unusual, the effeminate, effeminate. The word means to make womanish, to unman. Sort of funny, you know, to unman. Uh, we're talking here about the cross-dresser, the person who gets a sex change or whatever. You know, this, this person's not going to be in the kingdom of God. Your Bible clearly says. We're talking about people who are not saved. The 16th individual that is the abuser of themselves with mankind. The abuser of themselves with mankind. They make a wrong use of men. Here we're talking about homosexuality, the homosexual. And, um, you know, it, it just says, okay, these, and again, these people can be religious. These people can go to church. These people can praise God. They can sing in the choir. They can do all kinds of things. I'm just saying they're not going to be in the kingdom of God. Now, the people in this list all have one thing in common. What's that? They're not going to be in the kingdom of God. That's what they all have in common. They're not going to be in the kingdom of God. Why are they not going to be in the kingdom? Well, because they're not saved. Obvious answer. Salvation, I mean, let, let's not kid ourselves. Salvation means to be saved from your sin. And the list that I've just given you, all these people have one thing in common. They're all living in sin. Salvation is about being delivered or saved from sin. It's very critical to understand this. Now, I want to offer you something entitled, Your Religion is Not Enough. Actually, there's two magazines here. One is Your Religion is Not Enough. You know, I don't know why some people go to church. I think sometimes it may, you know, just to put on a show or something, but... You know, the bottom line is your religion is not, your religion is not going to get you into the kingdom of God. It's just really not. Conversion, a change of behavior, repentance, accept, uh, receiving the Spirit of God 
in order that you may have the power to change your rotten, filthy, vile behavior. That's what's going to get you into the kingdom of God. God doesn't want people who are a pack of rebels uh, in his kingdom. He wants people that have conformed into the image of God. So your religion is not enough. You need to get this. And the experience of repentance. So many people don't seem to quite get what real repentance is. You need to order this, the experience of repentance. The experience of repentance. So my question that I have to leave you with is this. Is salvation really that simple? Is that what we find in your Bible? Is that really in the Bible, that salvation is just that simple? You know, I, I guess I was taught from my, by my parents that anything worthwhile is not that simple. Anything worthwhile is worth working for and putting your all into it, giving it your all, giving it your full commitment, giving it everything that you have, and when I think about, you know, the real meaning of salvation, that is, I've got to be saved from myself. There's a monster inside of all of us. And all you got to do to make this monster become full-blown is to feed it the wrong kind of stuff. And you have the potential to become a monster. You know, I think of, I think of Ted Bundy, who was a serial killer. You know, he didn't become that overnight. It's just the reality is there was a monster inside of him and we all have that potentiality. There's a monster inside of all of us and all you gotta do is feed it the wrong thing. But salvation is about, yeah, it's about forgiveness, but it's about changing that person. It's about changing the man in the mirror. And it's not simple. It's not simple, it's difficult. It's a rough, rocky, rough road and uh, it's not easy at all, salvation. Nothing easy about it. Was it easy for Christ to die for us? Was it easy for him to go to that cross? Well, no, of course not. So why would we think that the most important thing in our lives, living for all eternity, why would we think that's easy? Getting to the point to where we can be free from the things that destroy us, free from the addictions, free from the lust of the flesh, free from the things that really we know is destroying us. Why would we think that's easy? No, it's a lifelong process and it's not easy at all. If you've been taught salvation is easy, you've been lied to. And I want to conclude with what Jesus said, what Jesus said, I want to conclude with the words of Jesus. He said this. He said, but the gate to life is narrow, and the way that leads to it is hard, and there are few people that find it. Notice what he said. He said there are few people that find it. Few. Not the majority, but the minority that find, finds this way of life. And what we have to realize is, is what Jesus actually said. Jesus said there is an easy way. He said the gate to hell is wide and the road that leads to it is easy. If you want to know what's easy, 
You've just been told what's easy, and that is the gate to hell. That way is broad, it's wide, and people seem to flock right to it, straight into it, like a bunch of, you know, wild pigs just running wildly in a stampede right through that gate that is easy. So, is that really in the Bible? Is salvation easy? No. No, it's not. It's difficult. And that's what's really in your Bible. This nation needs to repent. But repent of what? What is sin? Few people, in fact, few religious people, understand the definition of sin. As a nation, we need not only to repent, but we need to have the experience of repentance. Your religion is not enough. Too much confidence in religion can be the downfall of a nation. What is real religion? What is real repentance? Order by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. Also, check us out on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.com. If you would like a free DVD recording of this program that you can share with friends and loved ones, write to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. And be sure to mention the title of this program, This program has been paid for by the tithes and offerings of the Church of God Rocky Mount and friends of this ministry. If you have been challenged by listening to this program, then consider that a great blessing. You can visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net. It is the support of people like you that make this ministry possible. If you have been blessed by this understanding given to you today, then consider making a donation by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151.